Welcome to Design Speaks, the podcast that empowers you to stay inspired, be creative on demand, and find your visual voice. I'm your host, Brandy C. This week is part two of our two-episode series on the struggle with comparison, confidence, and contentment. Stay tuned for that coming up later in the show. So my uncommon inspiration this week comes from a trip that I did over the summer that I am now looking into a little bit more closely as I look back through some of my photos from our trip to Los Angeles and the Southern California area. We visited a couple of museums and obviously driving around, you see a lot of street art and graffiti style stuff. And I saw this really interesting connection between the cubist sort of fine art movement that we were wa- we were seeing in the museums and the typography specifically that the street artists and graffiti style has when i got home i was looking through my photos and also looking through this book i have called graffiti world which is a really amazing book that features graffiti style art from around the world And I was just really inspired by the 3D effects that they have, the hard lines and the really interesting juxtaposition, how they arrange and overlap letters and elements. And sometimes it's not really always easy to read, but it makes you look closer. And that was really intriguing to me. And recently, a little more recently, when Adobe Max had their virtual conference, they announced that Fresco, Adobe Fresco, which is their sort of Procreate style app, had this ability to do 3D to turn your text, your type, your lettering into this really easy to use 3D effect. It's something that I'm really wanting to try and incorporate into some of my work. So that's really inspiring to me. It was fun to see sort of that connection from the early cubist movements to the street art and graffiti style to now being able to possibly incorporate some of that into my own work really easily using my iPad. So that's been really inspiring and hopefully you'll get to see what that looks like at some point in the future. this week that I have been listening to a ton is called You Are Enough by Sleeping At Last. It's the acoustic version. The song itself is not new by any means, but this acoustic version came out early in the fall. And I, I've i always loved this song, but it's sort of appropriate. I feel like we're nearing Thanksgiving really soon. And the chorus portion is the part that always sticks out to me it says you're enough you're enough you're enough those little words somehow they're changing us so we let our shadows fall away like dust and then later on he says i promise you're enough and so for me this is a few things there's you know the idea that as creatives our worth is in our work and as humans often we kind of think that and as an enneagram three it even hits me a little harder and I have to remember that 
this is so true, right? That we are enough just by existing, just by being who we are. Like there is no, there is nothing that we could do to be worth more than we are today. And so again, as we're nearing Thanksgiving, I thought it was a good reminder that we should not only be grateful for what we have and the people that surround us, but also really try and be grateful for who we are. Be grateful that we are the person that we are and that we have the strengths and skills and abilities that we have for a reason and that we are enough. So I hope you enjoy this song. This song, as well as all the other songs that we feature on this podcast, are on the playlist Music music from Design Speaks podcast over on Spotify. So I hope that you check it out. Now that we all know that we are terrible at letting other people influence us and we're constantly comparing ourselves to other people, let's just be real. How do we get more confidence then and in that, like, gain our creative courage? I think um, I have some ideas, but I, th- I think that it's there's nothing really more vulnerable than creativity. And I think that's why it's it's so hard to feel confident because it comes from inside of us. We're constantly needing needing slash wanting to let our work speak for us to take what's in here and put it out here in like some tangible way. Like we're showing the world like, here's this poster. It's a little bit of me. And then it's like, crickets, please like it. Please accept right? me. <laughs> Even though objectively, I know that sometimes, oftentimes people, not everyone's going to like anything because they shouldn't. What we design is supposed to be designed for someone specific in mind, right? So there's a whole other group of people that are going to be like, I don't get it. I don't know what you're doing. But no matter what, you still like want people to respond to it positively. Um, And bravery and courage as designers is like such a valuable tool, but it's like such a hard one to grab onto. It's not like we're accountants or engineers whose jobs are very objective right with numbers and calculations and I don't know if I don't know if you saw this I don't remember where I shared it my my son had a word problem for math and it was so and so did had these things and can you tell me uh, why this is possible or if this is not possible and it was like wanting him to do math but he answered, yes, it's possible because with God, all things are possible. And I was like, oh, sweet boy, I love you so much. <laughs> I was like, but God created math and this is a math question. So <laughs> while your heart is in the right place. Oh <laughs> no, I'm sorry. This is wrong. This is the wrong answer. So we don't get to do that as, as you know, while I do think there is design math, I think that we equally, if not more often, use our left logis- logistical brain more than we should be using our right artistic brain as designers. It's still so hard to see that and be objective. So how, what are your thoughts on like finding confidence and creative courage? Because I have a whole bunch of bullet points, but I'm going to let you go first. Oh no. Well, I think, um, I think as Paula Cher that has said that if everyone likes your design, then it's a bad design. Um, 
or something along those lines. That's not a perfect quote, okay? It's a paraphrase. Just that disclaimer out there. <laughs> you can send um, me the link for the real quote later. Okay. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I kind of see, for me, I guess, contentment is what helps me have more confidence. We're not or there yet. Really We're just, not there yet. Contentment's the last thing. Just kidding. I won't, Go ahead. I won't talk about contentment. No, I'm just kidding. But Go ahead. <laughs> I, I, I do think that, um, just understanding, like you're going to have lulls, um, there's going to be points where you feel really good. And then there's going to be points in the creative journey, like what we talked about in the last episode where you don't feel good. And the thing that I just tell myself, I recently went through one of these down points is just the only way that you lose is if you quit. And so keep going through it. You're going to get through the lull moment. Um, and it really sucks. It does yeah. a lot. Um, and I'm not saying I have confidence in that area at all, but I just keep pushing through. Um, but I think this is something, Brandy, that you you said. I don't know if it was in a, in a podcast episode or if it was on Instagram, but basically um, – keeping like a documentation of when people praise you. Um, so that way, if you are going through one of those low moments, then, um, then you have something to kind of check you, I guess. Yeah, or an, an objective not, opinion outside of yourself. <laughs> yeah. You're telling yourself you suck, but other people, like you have mm-hmm. a whole folder on your phone of screenshots of other people telling you you don't suck. Yes. Um, Text and messages, I have that even with comments not just, on Instagram, anything. Yeah. And not just like creative things. Like whenever I get really depressed about learning Korean, I also have like my Korean friend be like, no, like you're really good. Like you're doing so good. Oh, like, okay. yes. Like, yeah. We need that through. encouragement for sure. <laughs> yeah. So that that's actually a really good point. And that's not something that I was planning on talking about. But like community, we just talked mm-hmm. about in the like the last point about how community can be like rough, right? Because we compare. But when you can start to curate that community a bit more and surround yourself, not with just like a bunch of yes men, like oh, I just love you and I love everything you do and you're perfect. And like, nobody wants that because we we also know like, that's not true either. Like, (laughs) if you just want all of the time people to just like worship you, like, what is that? I don't want a bunch of people like that. I want people who will be honest with me. And then you can really take that feedback and be like, you know, it's like when you said you have a design mentor and I have I have some as well, like my old professors that still like follow me on Instagram and anytime they like or comment on things that I do, it's like the person that helped me get to where I am actually thinks I'm doing good. That's mm-hmm. awesome. And that makes you feel so good. And that's part of your community. And yeah. so community is a huge part of having that confidence and building that because they will see something that you may not recognize or something that you forgot you had. Mm-hmm. I too keep like, I'm a big words of affirmation person. Like that's, that has become my number one love language. And so anytime my husband writes me like a note or anything, like I have it on this like magnet board thing in my closet. So like every time I get dressed, it's like there to see. And I'm just like, oh, okay. 
All right. This is good. This is good. Thank you, sweetie, for that note 10 years ago on this other one from like three weeks ago. And I just, I really appreciate that. So um, I think something that I know, I'm going to, I got to stop saying think because I know this for a fact. A, something that really will boost your confidence as a creative and specifically as a designer is having a consistent, reliable process that you can trust. (laughs) So if you don't, it kind of makes you feel like you don't really know what you're doing if you don't have this. And you're just kind of throwing ideas at the wall. You are presenting various concepts, tons of executions to your clients. And then I see all these memes, right? All these design memes that are just like, oh, the client from hell. And they sent it back and I sent it to them perfectly. And they sent back all these revisions. And now I don't even recognize it. And it's like, well, you know why that happens? Because you, because you, there are no clients from hell. You are the one that's responsible for creating the good design. And if they are sending it back with five bajillion changes that completely lose what you were trying to go for, one, you probably chose a client that wasn't a good fit for you. Two, you probably didn't have a clear concept when you were creating. And three, you probably showed them too many options, which gave them the false idea that they could mix and match and make a Frankenstein design. So ultimately, like having that consistent process, this recipe will basically stop all of that and give you the opportunity to go, okay, I have this client. I know what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. I know where to start. I know where it's going and fall back on that every time you need it. And yeah. learning how to have those that strategy behind it and reasons gives you like that boost, right? Yeah. The other thing with the, the process is like having a design process is your decisions like you have a actual knowledge based reason for why it's in there and so for me it gives me confidence whenever I do have a client or like I just worked on rebranding my my company and I was able to defend like no this is the better logo redesign for xyz and even though it wasn't my boss's favorite he was like okay let's go with it um, I trust you, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like those are all sound reasons. And and I made sure like this is not about my personal taste. It's about what's the best logo and what best re- represents SDI. Um, so yeah, and reflects the concept. And when you have that, it like seems um, I'm getting ready to post something soon. I'm going to be writing something about like how process doesn't sound very sexy. But like, <laughs> I mean, would you rather have an approved design or a really sexy woo-woo artistic process and like have the person be like, I don't know what this is, do it again. So like, I think that when I, I constantly tell people about this process and I think there's a lot of misconception around the fact that like, oh, well, I just, I like to play. I like to play with it and just see where it goes. It's like, Great. I still play. There's nobody saying that you like you can't play. Yeah. But the process is is giving you the sandbox to play in and like a certain mm-hmm. like your sand toys. 
like the things that you're supposed to use in there. And if you want to bring in other things, great, but you still have this box, which is your concept and your process. And when you know that that's what you're dealing with, if you are have a sandbox on the beach, it's going to look different than if you have a sandbox in your backyard. And if you have a sandbox in the mountains, but they're all still sandboxes, they're just different ways of approaching that problem. And so having that confidence in that leads to your creative courage, because when you know what you're dealing with, then you can kind of push against the sides of that box, right? And understanding your boundaries will give you more creative freedom, which sounds really backwards. But you are going to be way more creative inside boundaries than you ever are coloring outside the lines. Yeah, we get overwhelmed. <laughs> yeah, there's I can't I I truly truly do not like when cuz because I put off this confidence and then I I have for so long and I've got a lot of experience under my belt. I've often had clients that say, "You know what, Brandy, like I trust you. Just just break, just do something, just do something. And I'm like, no, give me guidance, please. I'm right. begging you. Yeah. And so that's why I have like the brief and the conversation yeah. and the design strategy, like the brand strategy conversations. So even if they say that, I now know what problem they have. I know they're a target audience. I know then I can create the boundaries for myself, even mm-hmm. if I wasn't given the boundaries from them because those boundaries need to be there. And so knowing who you are also helps that creative courage. And all of that comes through this process of understanding how you work, what inspires you. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm still just going. So. Well, I, I know we're talking about like how to have confidence, but I will say that having a design process that's repeatable is a wonderful solution when you don't have that confidence, because then it's not just staring at this project proposal or whatever it is and you thinking well right now I suck as a graphic designer in my mind and I don't know how to start this well you know where to start if you have a repeatable process because it's the same step one that you do every single time and you eventually just at least for me you start regaining your confidence again at at some point I mean even as the creator of said process, like with this word map method and the the creating concepts in this way, I still sometimes will get like, <clears throat> excuse me, get done with like the brief and the conversation with the client and sit back and be like, this is a lot. Okay. And then I'm like, your process, you know how to do this. You've done this for however many years, like just get out the sketchbook and do the first step draw a square with the name of the client around it, like then start with the adjectives. And then it's like my brain goes, oh, I know what I'm doing. And then it goes. And because this process has a very clear this, then this, then this, then this, then this, as opposed to many creative processes, which often start with a brief. And I think that's where a lot of people get lost because a lot of processes go, yeah, I talked with the client and I know what like they need from me. They need a logo for their bakery okay, but that's not enough. Like, what's the problem? Why do they need a logo for their bakery? Oh, because they're they're a new business. Okay, who's their clientele? And why are they different from the other bakeries in town? Then you start digging deeper and then you can go, okay, now I'm gonna sit back. Now from there, I know that I talked with them about their adjectives. 
I talked about their problem and I know what I'm dealing with. Now I can go, okay, word map. From the word map, you get your concept. And everything flows instead of I have this client who needs this logo. I'm going to start sketching because I already know they, they need a, a logo for their bakery. I know about bakeries. They have like bread and cupcakes and, um, you know. I go there all the time. I go there all the time and I <laughs> – I'm I'm basically their target audience, so I know I know this. So I'm just going to create something that I would like because I go there and I know who they are. And so it sounds ridiculous when I say it like that, but so many designers create yeah. this way, and it is just ridiculous. And then I don't know how you find creative confidence in that because there's no foundation. You're not operating from any kind of process and meaningful intent on all of your design work sorry who knew that we would talk about the design process was this uh I'm getting flashbacks to the first episode <laughs> I've ever done with you <laughs> <laughs> I know it's I, it is what it is the process is is everywhere it's, it's like the, it's like the matrix it's a great process you, you don't see it, but it is there. You just have to put on your process glasses. Like it is, it relates to everything. Like this, having a process that is repeatable and reliable and absolutely foolproof, like will absolutely level up like your design game in ways that you like did not even know existed. And I say that with as much humility as I can because I really just want to help people. Like that's why I do this. I could easily keep this to myself and just aim to be the very best me and create the very best work and win all kinds of awards with this thing and just be like, sorry, this is proprietary. Like I will never share with you like how this works. But I want the world of designers to be better and I want there to be more designers that have courage and confidence in what they do and knowing who they are. And honestly, another way of figuring out that creative courage and having more confidence is just showing up. Mm -hmm. Like show up wherever you are with your work and show it imperfectly. That's not something that I am good at doing. I very rarely show like... I show the sketches, right? And I show my word map. And generally, I show like how I came up with all of that stuff. And then I show a final design. Because I don't, I don't always want people to see like, the ugly part of how it was created. And that's something that I am still struggling with. But when you show up, instead of just sitting back and hoping that people know what you do, Showing up imperfectly is what's going to make you, again, tying back the whole relatability thing. Yeah. That's going to add to your confidence, too. So you're saying that you don't show, like, work in progress? Is Not as often as I should. Yeah, I don't. Yeah. I don't. And I, I, I don't know I that like I think I it's easier to that. do that with art and illustration. It is. Than graphic design. It is, but that's the part where where like a little bit more play comes into it, even though I do, I plan the heck out of every everything. So like I plan my hierarchy. So like I know yeah. that the type or the image or whatever is going to be most noted, notable and I have the colors and the graphics and all that. But I think, and I'm trying to not let this be an excuse, but I think for me when I think about why I don't share that like those preliminary stages a little bit more is one, because it's sort of like looking at, 
Michelangelo's sculpture, right? When it when he's just like chiseling into the block and being like, "That's stupid. I don't know what that is." And I don't want I don't want that weird like input from people that that don't understand where this is going. So I think that's part of it. And another part is that is one stage of the process where I let myself tap into my educated intuition and play with different layouts of that sketch that I that I have that I'm running from, running off of, working off of, and I'm not running from it. I'm running from my sketches. They're very scary. They are scary, but uh, not like that. And so I think that if I start to think too much about I'm going to document, I need to document this. It's going to take me out of that process mentally, which is a Mm -hmm. hard place to get into anyways, because, you know, I have kids and I'm not always just by myself working in a place where I can really focus. So not, not sharing that has been a little bit intentional, but I would, I do think that I want to maybe start sharing like maybe alternate reality versions of it. Like here's some other things that also matched this concept that I decided not to use and here's why so kind of showing like well here's three things I created this is the one I showed the client this is the one we went with because I only showed the one concept or the one design to go with the concept but here's two other designs that also worked under this concept with the same design elements that look completely different and so showing that afterwards I think is probably where I can do that imperfect yeah part of the process that'd be really interesting because I think I don't show work, works in progress for graphic design because of what you're saying too is I'm so in my head while I'm designing. Mm-hmm. Even if I'm just experimenting and playing around, I don't know. I, I do not think about, well, let me screenshot this or something. Right. <laughs> yeah. And I think that the Reels trend for me has has made me a little bit more aware of oh should I be like screen recording this should mm. I like do a time lapse of what I'm doing and while I think that a lot of that is valuable and I do that I have been doing that often for like the word mapping and certain phases of it like if it's not too intrusive into my creative process the actual creating process I will do that but I think that's like my boundary is figuring mm. out that like when I'm actually designing I need to be like actually designing (laughs) focus yeah um yeah so the last thing i wanted to say about like confidence and creative courage is that it's not fearlessness that leads to confidence it is doing things with courage in spite of being afraid to do that so we talk to our kids all the time about like we don't expect you to not be afraid Mm -hmm. but we expect you to be brave and try it anyways even though you are afraid. And that is often really hard to do, but it gets easier the more that you do Mm -hmm. it. Yeah, I would agree with that as well. Like, I mean, I don't think that you can take out the feeling of fear anyways, even if you wanted to. Um, So really, courage and and confidence is just going to come from pushing through that even though it sucks <laughs> totally so it looks like this episode's probably going to be a two-parter also so there's <laughs> that i had a feeling when i looked at the, the the bullet points i had i was like i think that amber and i think that we can talk less about really big things 
than we actually do. Because in order to do these topics justice, it just is. Yeah. So moving on to contentment. So we talked about we talked about comparison, like where does it come from? Why does it happen? We talked about how to get from that comparison to having more confidence and creative courage. And now the moment you've been waiting for, because this was something that you brought up when we were sort of ideating about topics was contentment. And so what do you mean when I say, like, what did you mean when you said you wanted to talk a little bit more about contentment and this whole, all these letter C's, all this stuff? Um, yeah, so I guess like a little, all perspective, influence, and contentment were all points for me when I did a talk on the comparison trap and confidence and stuff. And so all of those three things, I did a word map with comparison or, um, no, it was, it was confidence as the center. And so contentment actually came out of my word map as a synonym for confidence. And so that's why I really started looking, like thinking about contentment in relation with confidence. And, um, I, I guess to me, I just want to say first that contentment doesn't mean that you don't have goals or dreams that you pursue after. It doesn't mean that you settle. doesn't mean, oh, okay, well, this is where I'm at. So I mm-hmm. guess I should just be happy here. It just means that in every step of the process of the, you know, creative journey, wherever you're trying to go to, um, you're, you're content with where you're at, even if it's not necessarily like where you want to go, you still have goals mm-hmm. to go forward. And I think that's really important because like I've said, like I see the us as creatives on this creative journey, but there's really no end in sight because this field is so amazing. You can keep learning and you can keep growing. And so if you're, and you should you be. have no, yeah, yeah. If you have no end in sight and you're never content with where you're at, like you're never going to be happy with what you're creating. And that's really sad to me. Like that would be devastating if yeah. that was me. Um, so it's really just enjoying every step, even if it is, you're, you're not exactly where you want to be. I'm not exactly where I want to be. I know ways that I want to grow and stuff, but I also recognize that where I am now is like, wow, that's not where I was even a year ago. And I've grown so much. Let's keep growing, Amber. Yeah, I think that a couple of things like one is creative. Creativity is not like a destination, right? It's not an outcome. It's not like someday I will be at the pinnacle and I will be as creative as I will ever be. And it's like the golden chalice and then I'm done. And that's the end. I wouldn't even, if that was true, I would not want to get to the top because like what, what's next? Yeah. And I think creative people saying. are like that. Whereas if, you know, there's a lot of jobs and, and professions and things that you could do that there is like a mm-hmm. kind of like a, a ceiling, right? And you can be the, the CEO of something and that's it. That's, that's the end. That's the top. That's as good as it gets. And people are happy with that and but I think all of us have a desire to grow and creatives especially because we are created to create by an amazing creative god like who wants us to always be growing I think that also translates into 
our creative journey. And so, yeah, I agree. It's, it's not like a destination. It's not an outcome. And something else that you said that I wanted to kind of play off of a little bit was that it's not settling. It's not settling, which I don't know if you read the magazine, The Great Discontent. Um, it's actually, it's actually something that uh, Hugh Weber took over, I think, at the beginning of last year, and it's it's really incredible. But this this idea of the creatives are always discontent, but not in a bad way. It is this idea that if if we think that content is settling which a lot of people think it is we can be creatively discontent but let it drive us like mm. not just being unhappy here but i want to be content and confident and courageous in my creative work but be discontent enough to not let me sit here and think that it's i like, like have it all figured motivation. out yeah so I think that that's really important and having having joy in the moment and as cliche as that sounds, right? There's all the all sorts of bloggers that are like, just enjoy today as I sit on the beach with my laptop, hashtag blessed, like not like that, but yeah. just being like true joy in where you are. And I think that it has never been more difficult to do that than during the pandemic when where we are is like the exact same place as yesterday and the month before and the month before. Um, yeah. The other thing I would say is like con having contentment means being okay with whatever season you're in. Because in the journey, while, you know, there are different paths, there are different highs and lows, like that's for sure the thing. But if you think about the creative journey as like a literal journey somewhere, like there will be seasons, literally, like there's all this four seasons, but in life, there are those seasons as well. Like there were seasons of my life where I was single. There were seasons of my life where I was young, married, no kids, going to college. And the season that I'm in now is challenging because I have a lot of things that I want to be doing. But I also understand that... I can be content in what I can do, not be upset about what I can't do because in five years, my oldest daughter is graduating high school, which is insane, by the way. I know. And five years after that, my son. So it's sort of like the seasons that you are in should be like embraced and not, I don't know what's the word, like don't look at them in anger. Don't look back in anger like Oasis yeah. says, um, because this time is short and whatever season you're in is probably teaching you something that you're going to need, like in your next stage of your journey. Yeah. I think the hardest ones to be content in is obviously when you are at a low point. Um, but I, I found that I, those low points become like little, little gems, I guess once you get through them, like, um, when I first graduated, um, it's, it was so hard for me to find a job and you're young at that point too, um, where you kind of put your self-worth with every rejection that you get. Um, but I had, I didn't even get the job, but I just had an interview with the creative director that was so encouraging. And, and I felt 
like I just had that interview so God could give me a pep talk to to push through because I, I literally felt like I was just in this very dark, I don't know, room. And I could see the step ahead of me, but I couldn't see beyond that. And if I, like I was just walking forward. That's and often how it is, right? Stone. Yeah. All we see is the next thing. What's beyond uh, that? Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. It's get, I hope there's something there. There's got to be something. Uh, it's not a cliff. Hopefully. Yeah, but like, you know, now I look back to that time and I'm just like, wow, I'm so glad, one, that it didn't work out with that job. And two, like, I still just cherish what he told me in that interview, like to this day. Yeah, discomfort. I was just talking with um, with someone this past week about how discomfort is like where we learn often the very most um, important lessons. And so in talking about contentment, understanding that if you are feeling discontent in the bad way or if you are feeling negatively towards your life, trying to do what we talked about in the other point and shift your perspective and think about like, what can I take from this? And if there's literally nothing, just try to believe that someday you will look back on this and see what you learned, hopefully, because um, I know not every listener to this podcast is a is a believer, a Jesus person, but our pastor often says that like God doesn't waste pain. And I think that in life, a lot of that applies to like hard things aren't wasted in our life, whether that's creatively or otherwise. And I think that having contentment is the ability to be able to see your circumstances, whatever they are, and be like, you know what? This is hard, but I'm going to get through it. Lean on that community. Lean on the people that encourage you. Find, seek out people that are going to help you grow, not just settle. So... Mm-hmm. Any last thoughts? Um, Any last words of wisdom? I, the, I mean, I said it earlier, but I feel like just keep fighting on. Like, don't give up. Pushing through. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, my wrap up thought is, you know, being creative is a hard job, but being paid to be creative is like extra. It's just Hard. extra. And in all the others we see doing it, it's easy to lose our confidence and our, our contentment when we're comparing to other people. So hopefully Amber and I gave you all some encouragement and some empowering tools and mindsets, things to think about to really help you overcome the comparison traps that are there. They are everywhere. But Hopefully these can help you sort of navigate through those things that pop up in the road and your journey and be more confident in that journey and taking whatever those next steps might be. So that is our episode for today. Be sure to leave us a review on iTunes and you can always send a note over on Instagram at Design Speaks Podcast. You can find all current and past episodes at designspeakspodcast.com. Thank you, Amber Anderson, for doing this episode with me. Hopefully we'll hear more from you in the future. And also shout out to Colin from Vespertine for our theme music. Design Speaks podcast is produced by Kenneth Niffin and Dakota Cook and is a project of Brandy C. Design Co. and is recorded in the shadow of the Watermelon Pink Sandia Mountains near Albuquerque, New Mexico. 
As always, I'm Brandy C, reminding you that you can take control of your creativity. Thanks for listening. Bye.